Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of The Beeline. In this podcast, we recognize that not every line in life is going to be a straight one. Let's reflect on past choices, focus on being in the moment, and honor the future adventures of life. I'm your host, Bridget Mahoney, and I'm so glad you're here. What are we waiting for? Let's make a beeline for today's episode. We won't be unpacking any quote this week, but instead I want to unpack a personal journey that has been a huge part of my life the past couple of years. If it sounds like I'm reading from a script, it's because I am. When I tell you I've been drafting this episode for a long time, that would be an understatement. I've been drafting this episode since before this podcast was even released. I've been trying to find the perfect words to say and the right way to say things, which is completely impossible to do. But I wanted to make sure my thoughts were a little bit organized. I will give a trigger warning for this one. I will be talking about eating disorders, disordered eating, anorexia, anxiety, and other heavier topics in this episode. So if that's not your cup of tea, I completely understand and you can go ahead and skip this one. I won't be offended. I'm sitting here with my glass of wine and I'm ready to be vulnerable with y'all today. So buckle up. In January of 2022, I was diagnosed with anorexia. It was my reality at that time, but I knew it didn't define me. I'm still a friend, a daughter, a leader, a performer, a fighter, a survivor, and so many other things. Instead of running from this and denying it or hiding it, I want to share my recovery journey with all of you publicly. I can only hope this can give a bit of insight to eating disorder recovery, diet culture stereotypes, and more while also inspiring people and creating conversations along the way. I can get kind of emotional thinking about all the work that I have done on myself the past couple of years and the amount of growth that I've seen in myself around this topic. This journey in recovery has been massive, to say the least. At the height of my eating disorder, I ate tiny portions of maybe two meals a day, if not less. I counted calories. I obsessively exercised, and I lived in a puddle of shame, anxiety, and stress. Recovery isn't linear. I know this will be a lifelong journey. I still struggle to accept the change in my body. I have honestly been struggling a lot the last couple of weeks. I feel like I sort of relapsed. I feel like I've gone back to some of my old habits, which is why I want to talk about this now. It felt important for me to talk about this now. Because realizing that I may have relapsed a bit is so freaking scary. I thought I was beyond this. I have worked so hard. How could I possibly be falling into old patterns? But I also have the awareness that I'm falling back into old patterns, which is something I didn't have a year ago. I would overlook some of my toxic behaviors and allow them to be normal instead of questioning them and asking myself if some of the behaviors were actually healthy or not. I guess what I'm trying to say is it may be scary that I'm falling back into these patterns and habits, but I also need to pat myself on the back for keeping myself accountable and not letting these actions slip under the rug. And I'm also able to actively use all the coping strategies and skills that I've learned. I have this 
toolbox of skills and knowledge that I didn't have over a year ago. And that's on growth, baby. (laughs) This illness is not something to be ashamed of. And by calling it out and bringing it into the light, I am giving it less power. It's empowering for me to talk about it. It makes it less of a monster that's hiding under my bed. But honestly, there's no right way to approach this. And there's no right words to express exactly how I'm processing this. But I felt called to share my journey with you all and help bring awareness to eating disorders. Diet culture stereotypes, unfortunately, exist. I know this. You know this. Specifically, body image in the performing industry is not taboo. There is change happening. It's slow, but I do see it happening. I'm seeing more body inclusivity and diversity than ever before on stage. I grew up primarily as a ballerina. I saw pictures and videos of stick-thin girls as professional dancers. I honestly didn't think much of it as a kid because thank God I grew up with teachers as a kid or even in college who never, ever, ever commented on my body or the way I looked. It really wasn't until college when I started focusing on calories and calorie counting and learned what a calorie was and seeing other people my age participate in yo-yo dieting when I really started to really become aware of my body's weight, shape, and size. I wasn't getting cast a ton outside of school. I had a lot of dance techniques, so I would submit myself as a dancer. I thought I wasn't getting cast because I didn't have a typical dancer's body that I saw on stage. Boy, was I wrong. What is a dancer's body anyway? It literally doesn't exist. All bodies are dancer bodies. As a performer, the comparison game between myself and others has always been an issue of mine. Since my eating disorder has heightened, I noticed myself comparing the way I looked to the way other people look in regards to body shape and body features especially if they have a job that I want to have. I thought to myself, if they have that body shape, size, features, and they are landing that performing job, then I need to look that exact way to get that same job too. That's when I started yo-yo dieting myself. Diet culture stereotypes are also ingrained in all of us. It's not our fault society shoves toxic messaging at us 24-7 and teaches us all to be fatphobic. Diet culture is a trap. It has a chokehold on humanity. It's disgusting, truly. We are celebrated for losing weight and criticized for gaining weight. It's so messed up. Self-image was a huge obstacle in my recovery. I want to be perceived to other people as this put-together girl. I am someone who wants to be liked, adored, and admired. Deep down, I think we all want that, but I took it to an extreme. I was the ultimate people pleaser. I put a lot of pressure on myself to be quote unquote perfect. I cared and I still care way too much about what other people think of me. I care too much about what diet culture thinks of me. Instead of questioning the rules and expectations other people have created in terms of how I should look, what I should eat, how I should dress, I followed them and lost myself in the process. I became too wrapped up and worried with being the image of what everyone else wants of me instead of being who I really want to be. I became a shell of a human. My personality became completely diluted. I honestly didn't even know who I was. I was living for the expectations of others, trying to please them with my success more than myself. 
I put so much energy and focus into impressing others, showing them that I was capable of achieving success, even if it meant me being unhappy with what I did achieve. When I was first diagnosed with anorexia, I was in complete and utter denial. I never thought I would ever be dealing with something like this. I always thought, I love food. I'm such a foodie. I could never be anorexic. I'm just watching what I eat. I was so wrong. Anorexia honestly has barely anything to do with food and more to do with mental health. It's a form of control. I think I had struggled with disordered eating habits and tendencies for a long time, but when life became completely out of control due to the pandemic, I started grasping for things in my life that allowed me to maintain some sense of control. One of those things was my body and my food. This was when I hit the peak of my eating disorder. The sad part is, I had no clue. Because they can be kind of awkward and scary to talk about, there is not much information on the signs of eating disorders, nor are we taught what to look for. Disordered eating is ingrained in our culture. For example, most recently, the trend that literally grinds my gears to no end is the girl dinner trend. It's literally displaying horrible eating disordered habits. I need it to stop. It's so triggering. Releasing control is my biggest fear about recovery. When my life feels out of control or I don't feel happy in my current circumstance, I grasp onto things that I think will give me more control and then make me quote unquote happier. But in reality, I want to be out of control. I want to release expectations of myself and of other people. Anorexia also caused my body to start not working properly. My hair became thinner. I was cold all the time because of low blood pressure. The only way to get my body working appropriately and to get myself back was to go all in. This meant fully stopping exercise and instead resting my body and eating more. You guys, this was terrifying. Okay, you're telling me I need to give up moving my body but eat more? Impossible. I hate that idea. I can't do it. My anorexia told me that eating more was wrong and that eating less and working out more was safe. I need to stay thin because that's what society and diet culture expect from me, right? Here's a little look into my eating disorder brain. This is specifically what went on in my brain and I'm not speaking for anyone else with an eating disorder. All EDs present differently, which is why they can be hard to diagnose. I made up rules and decided when the right time it was to eat. For example, I would delay breakfast or um, not allow myself to eat multiple large meals in a four-hour time frame. Large meals is in quotation marks because I didn't know what correct portion sizes were. I had rules around foods that I could or couldn't eat in a day. I had food rituals. I got very specific how my food was plated or how it looked while I ate it. Sometimes when I was at the store, I noticed myself gravitating towards food packaging that was prettier or more aesthetically pleasing than other packaging, even if I could just buy the off-brand for cheaper. It sounds so silly, but it was a form of control. I looked at a serving size on a food and I treated it as the Bible. Okay, so 23 pretzels is a serving? Okay, let me count out 23 pretzels exactly. No more, no less. Anything more or anything less made me feel like a failure or made me feel off. I punished myself a lot through exercise. 
I forced myself to wake up and get out of bed when I was physically and mentally exhausted. Like I said before, I delayed meals and snacks and ignored my hunger cues. I told myself when I went to the gym, I was burning off the night of calories I ate before instead of just going to the gym to move my body in a healthy way. It was all about compensation. I measured my worth by how I physically looked. Happiness, for me, came from what I did or didn't allow myself to eat, and I restricted myself from certain foods because I felt like I didn't deserve them and thought they would make me fat. It was so messed up. I was so fatphobic of myself. I became mentally scared of different types of foods because I was scared how they were going to affect the change in my body. I won't specifically mention those food or food groups here because I want people to view all foods as equal. There is no such thing as a healthy food or a unhealthy food. Food is just food. (laughs) But know that those thoughts of healthy and unhealthy or good or bad foods consumed my mind constantly. I also counted calories obsessively. I had a habit of looking at a meal and immediately counting the calories in my head. There would be times when I would be out to eat with friends and I was more focused on counting the calories in the food than on the actual conversations or events that were happening around me. I accidentally learned the calorie count of all foods. If I didn't do it in the moment, I found myself laying in my bed at night and calculating all the calories I had throughout the entire day. I would see a plate of food and just see the numbers instead of the actual edible, nutrient, energy-rich food in front of me. I can still sometimes look at a plate of food and see it as a plate of numbers. It was hard to unlearn what I already ingrained myself to know. Last year, when I told myself that it was time to recover from this nasty psychological disease, I found a therapist who specialized in eating disorders. A few months later, I eventually started seeing a nutritionist to help me learn how to eat appropriately again. You guys, never in my life did I think I would need to be taught how to eat an appropriate amount of food to allow my body to perform its daily functions. My nutritionist set me up on this plate-by-plate approach plan. I had to eat three meals a day and three snacks a day. I had to log everything I ate for her into this app. I took pictures of my breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. Sure, we are taught in college as the food pyramid, but if you really think about it, we are never taught how to eat appropriately as adults. Everyone has a unique eating pattern and a unique diet. So I guess it's hard to teach appropriate nutrition in high school, but there's gotta be a way to stress the importance of eating appropriate portion sizes, especially as growing teens. Also, in college, I was never taught how to eat for the job that I'm in. I'm a dancer, singer, actor. I'm in a very physical job. I was not taught how to feel my body as a performer. It honestly mind boggles me that I went to school for a performing degree and we never had a class that taught us how to fuel our bodies properly. I don't think this was just a my school thing. I've asked a lot of friends and nothing existed for them either. It's absolutely crazy to me. How is anyone supposed to know how to fuel themselves for a two-show day? Maybe people are more insightful than me and can just listen to their body's hunger cues, but... I had to learn how to trust myself when I was hungry and when I was full. At my first big performing job out of college at a theme park, I was dancing two to three hours, five days a week, while also teaching hit group fitness classes and going to the gym on my own time. I was addicted to the gym. I went every single day. I wish I was joking. 
I never gave myself a break. I was a gym rat and not a cute one. (laughs) I was obsessed. It was accessible to me all the time. To cover up from the internal mental pain I was feeling, I covered it with performing other tasks like going to the gym. I used exercise to numb emotions I was feeling. Being go, go, go all the time was my way of staying busy and looking productive to others. Hustle culture needs to stop. The no days off mentality is not a flex. I thought it was in the past, but boy was I wrong. I had to learn in recovery that not every day needs to be productive. My priorities were out of whack. If I put as much work into losing weight as I did in learning choreography or taking vocal lessons, I'd be a prodigy. Okay, maybe that's a little far, but please, this was so all-consuming and I spent every waking moment of every single day planning my next meal, thinking about what I just ate, or planning my next workout. I was truly underfueling and overperforming. And the scary thing is, I didn't even know it. I knew that I was seeing changes in my body. I was getting thinner and clothes started to fit differently. I was receiving outward praise based on how my body looked. I kept pushing my body while not fueling it properly. I labeled foods as good or bad. I skipped going out with friends to go to the gym. I became obsessed with logging calories in MyFitnessPal. Literally, this app is the devil. I equated my worth to the calories and foods I consumed and closing all the rings on my Apple Watch. I think I had a 500-day streak or something for closing all of my move rings on my Apple Watch. That thing was attached to me at all times. My obsession with logging meals and closing my rings spiraled fast. I had to break up with my Apple Watch and with my fitness pal. I stopped using them, but it didn't stop the mental calculations. Fast forward to now, where I am actively in recovery for an eating disorder. Eating is easier. I rarely see food as numbers. Cooking is so much more fun when I don't feel like I have to squeeze in a food substitute for every ingredient. I have found a passion for movement that wasn't about changing my body, but just about loving my body and appreciating it for what it can do. I still teach my group fitness classes, but just once a week, and I don't ever drag myself to the gym if I'm not feeling like it. I don't compensate eating for whether I've worked out or not. At the end of the day, I have learned that eating disorders can show up in so many different forms. Anorexia specifically is not as black and white as it's made out to be. It's really complex. I have heard over and over that I will be living with my eating disorder thoughts for the rest of my life, which is insanely scary to me. I battle my anorexia voice every single day. I have come a long way in my recovery and I have learned to separate myself from my eating disorder thoughts, but I still have a long way to go. Something like this was not going to be fixed overnight. Recovery is not linear. Obviously, I have gained many tools and I will continue to gain more tools and strategies that will only help me personally move past my own disordered eating thoughts and question society's standards of me. It's crazy to talk about this now and look back on when I was really in the depths of my eating disorder, when I was really, really low, and to see how my life has changed for the better now that I've put all of this work into myself. Some days it's easier to see that I've done the work and some days I feel like I haven't done any work at all, but that's trusting the process, I guess. Unfortunately, diet culture will always be here. 
I want to be able to tackle diet culture conversations, social media messaging, and other people's comments about me or about themselves with grace and compassion instead of with fear and uncertainty. It's time to crush and recover from this nasty psychological disease. I do believe that anybody can be fully recovered, and I do believe that I can be fully recovered. I see that other people who had eating disorders in the past are now fully recovered. I don't know how long it will take, and it's hard to have patience with myself, especially on the hard days. Recovery means gaining joy. It means regaining my sense of self. It's relinquishing control. It means spontaneity and no judgment. It's so much more than recovering from an eating disorder. It's a time to recover and uncover who I am as a person, who I am deep down. Instead of getting caught up in playing a role on stage and off, I want to be seen as a survivor, an inspiration, and a person who shares her views and perspectives on recovering from an eating disorder while also being a group fitness instructor, a performer, a dancer. I can be all of those things at once. Of course, I'm here to talk if anyone has any questions or is curious. I'm obviously very passionate about this topic. I'm so protective of my friends and people who talk about food, dieting, weight loss because I know how toxic and harmful it can be. I think there's so much beauty in vulnerability. I am no expert, but I want to make conversations like this not as scary or awkward to talk about. Every day, I have to remember that there are so many more interesting things about me than my body. If you've made it this far, I really, really appreciate you listening to my story. It would mean so much to me if you gave my podcast a five-star rating or review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And tell your friends if you think they'd like to listen too. You can follow me on Instagram at bmahoney19 and DM me your most popular line and maybe I'll read it on the pod. You've reached the finish line of today's episode. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in two weeks to drop another line. Stay golden, friends. And remember, you are exactly where you are meant to be right at this moment. Talk to you soon. Bye.